I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. I don't know how many shows are, are we. Am I at 600 yet? It's got to be close. 600. I finally, after four years, I, I gotta look back of doing three shows a week. I finally just did one on, on break last week. I did one from Bonaire, and I said, you know what? I gotta follow my own advice. Taking some time off to regroup, recharge. That kind of goes to what today's topic is about. Back to moderation, excessive moderation. Back to talking about extremes. Back to talking about social media, what is out there, what you're seeing, and what I'm surprised I'm talking about so frequently, but I have to because it's a huge part of our lives now. Especially our kids' lives. I mean, it's one thing to be in your 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Even then, you know, it affects all of us. But I, I shudder to think what it does to our kids. You know, I got two teenage boys and I see it. So kind of, uh, well, not kind of, it's, uh, it's part of this show. And I'm going to talk about this, this myth. <laughs> I, I, you know, sat for a little while trying to think of, oh, the best title for this. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to call it the suffering myth. Because we see these videos all the time now. You know the ones I'm talking about. Social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, any place they can put videos. And they're these dark videos, right? Oftentimes it's like just a face or a face talking into a microphone. That's my new favorite thing. Suddenly there's <laughs> some just, when you talk into a microphone, I guess on camera, you're an expert, <laughs> but it's dark. There's dark music. There's angry voices. There's oftentimes a lot of swearing, <laughs> which whatever. Uh, but the, the message is basically that you have to suffer like horribly to achieve your fitness goals. That it has to suck. I hesitated to put that in my notes, but it fits. That it has to suck. And that is just complete garbage. And I'm going to talk about this because I have been in this world and I'm still in this world. In other words, the fitness world, I have been in, you know, I am friends with, I have interviewed and I've competed with and continue to some of the top athletes, performers, people in the world. And these videos, these messages that are out there are that you have to completely essentially hate what you're doing, but continue to do it for a really long time to see results. That's BS. That's garbage. And you know, I could be that guy. I could be that guy who sits and says, oh, look at me. Look what I've done. And you know what? I've done a heck of a lot. I'm going to start talking about that more. I have to, to, to you know, oh, to combat this stupidity and, and inauthenticity. I've done a heck of a lot too. But I'll sit there and pound my chest and tell you that you have to hate what you do to achieve your goals. Basically, you're not tough enough. You're not tough enough. I'll talk about discipline. That's different. And I'm going to talk about, you know, I'm going to bring it back 
around to a great book. If you haven't read yet, many of you I'm sure have. Daniel Pink's Drive book. Read it a bunch of times. Came up again. I read it for another time in my uh, recent coursework at Harvard Extension School in Human Behavior. It's got some great stuff in there that is totally connected to this whole topic. And I will argue discredits this whole suffering myth. And I know it's going to sound crazy or it sounds crazy right now. It's different from discipline. It's different from moderation. It's different from consistency. And there are choices. There are choices. There are options. But that's not what you're being told. You're being told that it has to suck and that you're not tough enough to embrace the suck. I mean, that's literally one of the mottos you'll see out there. That's not who we are as human beings. We avoid pain and seek pleasure. But therein lies the rub, people. As always, I'm going to jump ahead. We avoid pain, we seek pleasure. But guess what? These people who are telling you they embrace the suck and that it's just horrible suffering, no, they're enjoying it. There is a payoff. And guess what? They have chosen their form of suffering. I have too. Yeah. I've done Ironmans. I've done ultra marathons. I ran across the Grand Canyon back twice in my 50s. Like ridiculously hard. I chose it. And that's so important. Did I suffer? Yes, but not in the way that you are led to believe you have to from those videos. Why would anyone choose fitness or exercise based on those videos? And I know that certain people find them motivating. I don't even know if that's the right term to use here. I can't get in their head, but I talk to people. (laughs) I do talk to people. (laughs) I know I'm I'm a loner to, to some degree. Ah, but I do talk to people occasionally. My friends who look up to some of these people that I have disagreements with in the methodology. Here's what I want to say. I have not met one person who has truly found solace or happiness by following those mantras. For good reason. We don't do what we don't want to do, nor do you have to, to achieve your goals. And it goes to that. You know, so many of these people who are screaming it has to suck and you have to suffer, guess what? They're getting paid to suffer. It's a lot less painful to do that. And it goes against what's in Daniel Pink's book and, you know, so much of psychology. If you actually pay people to do something, they do it less. But that's different. It's their job, so many of these people, right? And and many of them get paid really well. So do you think it would be a little easier to go to the gym and do workouts that you don't like if you're getting paid to do it? Absolutely. Guess what? Back to these people choosing their suffering. They weren't told, hey, go become an ultra swimmer and swim across, you know, pick your body of water. No, they chose it. 
They chose it. And I was going to jump to the end, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hold back. <laughs> I'm going to hold back. All right? Choices. When you are told that you need to do things that you don't enjoy over and over again, what, till you like them? That's like saying you have to eat certain foods till you like them. That's alcohol. <laughs> that's that's alcohol. Remember the first real bartending job I had? Oh, see, I've, I've always been, I have always been consistent people since I was born. Always. I was doing push-ups, all those kind of things. Right out of the womb. Bartending, I remember trying scotch. And there was a bunch of my regulars at this bar who drank scotch. And I said, this tastes like garbage. And they're like, well, it's an acquired taste. And I said, we had just finished an argument about why people drink alcohol and, and you know, the relaxation, the buzz effect, all of that stuff. Uh, and, and several were saying, no, no, it's not. That's what I was about. And, and then... We were discussing the scotch and how it's an acquired taste. And I said, what are you talking about? I don't continue to eat foods that I don't like till I like them. So there's some other payoff with alcohol. And obviously a huge part of it is the effects of the alcohol. Now you may be saying, wait a minute, healthy foods. No, yeah, I didn't like tomatoes when I was a kid. I like them now. But I didn't keep eating them since I was a kid. There's other what? Say it with me. Options. Options. It's about choices and it's about your goals. And for so many of you, the goals are to look better, feel better, live longer, enjoy life. You know, I know that I've had, you know, a bunch of people reach out and say things like, you know, my goals are more than that. But then when they tell me what their goals are, it, it's still that. You may want to lift a little heavier and do maybe a little more extreme things relative to others, but that's fine. It's still in the end, the same goals. And let me say this. So many of those people are not healthy. They're not healthy. In other words, they are doing too much of one thing oftentimes. And they are injured so often. I mean, if I could tell you certain people on social media that I know personally are riddled with injuries, you would never know. You would never know. Not from what they're posting, but from the bills they have to pay that I know they are paying at physical therapy, so many other ways of trying to fix things that I would argue I could help them with in about two seconds. But that's their choice. And here's what it goes uh, comes down to as well that is not talked about because so many people don't have the experience in all of these disciplines, the exercise and the psychological. So many of those people, and I include myself, so many of the people who are doing more extreme things, and, and I consider ultra marathons and things like that, running across the Grand Canyon and back, that's not normal. We're doing it for different reasons. But we choose to do that. And one of those reasons, people, I'm always honest with you, and I've been in this industry way too long, not to be, but I've seen it and I've felt it and I've experienced it. One of the main reasons so many of those extreme messages and people are out there it's quieting their demons. There's a payoff. 
And again, I'll get to that in a second when we just go through Daniel Pink's really, uh, I would argue, pretty good acronym AMP for Autonomy, Mastery, and Purpose. But I use as an example, one of the first times I ever truly kind of embraced this, when I was really starting to get into my master's work, studying sports psychology, things like that, and I was running a lot, weekend races almost every weekend, and there was one person who I would see at these races, and this person was doing a marathon or ultra marathon every weekend. And this person was angry. And I remember feeling like this wasn't good. Like this person's running too much. This person's getting hurt. This person is running and angry all the time. And what I realized is, first of all, it's, you never know what people are going through. Just one of the most important lessons in life. But what I also realized was, after a long time of studying and running and experiencing different people, different events, that's what this person needed. They needed that for whatever reason. And I would argue it's their pharmaceutical intervention to quiet the demons. Now, am I playing amateur psychologist? Absolutely. I've spent a heck of a long time in this world. Again, around them, and, and I am to some degree one of them. If that's not the most honest appraisal, you don't hear these other people saying that. They're just telling you, you're not doing enough. You're not good enough. You're not tough enough. Yeah, if you took, let me give you, like, if you had someone, like, if you know this, this world, David Goggins, you know, amazing Navy SEAL, has, you know, won numerous endurance events, books, things like that. Angry person, I would argue, for my taste. But if you said to David Goggins, who's a runner, for the most part, if you said, hey, David Goggins, I want you to give the same amount of effort to Pilates or to yoga or to swimming, and that's all you can do. At the same level of intensity, the same number of hours, that would be what? Pure torture to someone like him. And I'm just using him as an example to talk about the choice. Now, you still have to choose to exercise. You still have to choose to find your healthy foods and you have to be consistent to some degree, but your goals are different than theirs. And that doesn't mean you have to get up at dark 30 at 4 a.m. and do two hours. It doesn't mean that you're not disciplined if you miss a couple workouts. I still to this day set my alarm and I set like 20 it's literally like, depends. I still get up early for the most part, but 5.05, 5.10, 5.15, 5.20. Sometimes I turn off one, sometimes I turn off three, sometimes I turn them all off. But when you watch these people, you would think, oh, I'm a complete failure. They are perfect. I'm not suffering enough. It's not true. All right, so let's just get to Daniel Pink's book. You know, a, gr a good book, a good book, I would argue, to, to just kind of learn about motivation and things like pay doesn't work as a reward. If it did, <laughs> companies would be paying people like crazy, their employees to exercise and they've tried and they kind of do it. They would do it a heck of a lot more, you know, paying for gym memberships and things like that, but just great studies into kids. And when you let a kid do what I'm going to talk about, the three uh, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. When when they find 
what they want to do and enjoy doing it. And when they have those attributes, that thing that they're doing, they do it because they want to. Not because they have to and not because they're getting paid to do it. I know it sounds like it goes against what I said about these people getting paid. No, that's their job. <laughs> it's their job. Instead of sitting behind a desk or doing something they really dislike, they're actually getting paid to do something they have chosen to do. So it's not the suffering that they make it out to be. This is the honest take on the, the industry. Okay? And again, I could sit here and pat myself on the back and go, oh, it's horrible. I hate going for a run. I am so blessed that I get to do what I want to do. Doesn't mean there aren't ridiculous obstacles. I can't believe the world, the obstacles I have to try to get my message out today in the different mediums. It's never been more challenging. That's okay. It's a little depressing what I have to swim against and fight against in terms of getting the right message about health and wellness and nutrition and exercise out there, but so what? It's my job. And when I am out for a run, out for a bike ride at the gym, I've chosen that. And I'm totally blessed to be doing it. Are there days, here it goes, are there days I don't want to get there? Sure. Are there days I don't get there? Absolutely. Am I going to continue to ask myself rhetorical questions? No. <laughs> this is honesty, people. This is the journey I talk about. This is why it does take time. And when you suffer unnecessarily with the diets, with the extreme workouts, it is exponentially more challenging to do shorter workouts consistently and think you've done enough when you get into a certain mindset. You constantly want to do more. That doesn't work in fitness. More is not better. It depends. <laughs> you know, you walk a little more. You, you know what I'm talking about. And so many of the type A clients I had back in the day, that was the problem, was telling them what not to do. And I didn't work with many people because they wanted me to tell them to do more. And I didn't want a roster of people that were hurt. Even though there are many coaches out there who will do that, take those people on because they pay well, and then blame them. Blame them for getting hurt. That to me is unconscionable because it wasn't the client's client did what the coach asked them to do, the trainer, the coach, whatever. And when you have handfuls of those people, do you think it's the person or you think it's the program? Back to Daniel Pink. <laughs> All right. AMP, Autonomy, Mastery, and Purpose. You know, so many of these books, I would argue, mm, you know, not necessarily written by people who have ever, you know, uh, been in the world, accomplished things, but there are certain ones that absolutely have value. I would argue this is one autonomy. What is autonomy? The feeling of being autonomous, self-directed, choosing to do what you do. Just because it's exercise doesn't mean that person is suffering when they have autonomy. If you said to me that I have to swim all the time, and I'll get to that because I do swim as part of my triathlon, I'd have a problem with that. But autonomy is freedom. 
And it sounds, again, contradictory because it's freedom with discipline attached. But when you're self-directed at something you have found that you find enjoyment in, and it can be, and it's both for me, it can be enjoyment in the moment and enjoyment from the results. That's another thing you're not hearing from these people who are screaming about suffering. They have found results. You haven't, so many of you. You haven't seen the results you want. Oh my gosh, that's suffering. You have suffered through so many diets, through so many bad programs, by listening to so much bad advice. The people that are telling you to suffer, I would argue, many of them, yeah, they've suffered. I'm going to get to that. It's different. But they found something they enjoy and find autonomy within. And that is less suffering than so many of you. Number two, mastery. Mastery, mastery, mastery. Feeling you are getting better at something. And that's something that matters. But I put after that matters to you. Not to someone else. And so many people, what? We're trying to please our parents. We're trying to please our friends. I don't care. That was one of the most freeing things for me is when I'm doing it for myself. And that's one reason I started doing things like running across the Grand Canyon and back. It's not a race. People are like, who did it? You know, uh, what was the event? What was your, there's no one doing it. (laughs) There's no start line. There's no finish line. You can't, well, you can compare your times because there's other people who've done it, but you get my point. People aren't watching on the internet. So mastery, feeling you are getting better at things that matter to you. Drums for me, I'm talking about more and more because I'm back into doing it. I practiced my butt off for years when I was younger and loved it. And you know, my career was music and acting and stand-up comedy at the start, always with fitness. And then I realized what I was most passionate about was the fitness part. But I have elements of the stand-up, of the performance, of the music And so it makes sense. But with drums, when I practice, I lose the sense of time. I get into that zone, that flow state that you hear about, where you literally look down and all of a sudden two hours have passed by. Practicing what other people would find mind-numbingly boring. The rudiments, paradiddles, things like that. Same thing with running and biking and things like that, when you get better at it over time. There's nothing cooler. But when you have goals set for you by others, fitness companies, people, you know, products telling you you're going to see results, these results in this ridiculously short amount of time, and you don't get them, you don't have mastery. You feel like you've done something wrong when you have not. So I didn't come out of the womb running marathons. I had shin splints my entire childhood. I couldn't run at all. But I slowly got better. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people that qualify for the Boston Marathon. And then it happened. And then I realized slowly, progressively, that I was actually good at this, that genetically and other factors were in my favor. But it took a long time. And I remember running marathons and 
each one being a little faster than the next one. And little faster is the operative phrase there because there was a point after running a handful where I go, oh my gosh, there's going to be a marathon really soon that I'm, I'm not going to be faster. And that was okay. And you get better at other things. And we can talk about performance metrics and things like that, performance cues. But when you're asked to do something that you don't want to do, so autonomy's not there, you're not self-directed, and that you don't really care about getting better at, that's true suffering, but these people are not doing that. Not the people who are talking about suffering. And finally, purpose. And I would argue this is the grayest but coolest of the three. Well, they're all cool. But this is knowing why you're doing something. Why? What's your why? You always hear that. Find your why. And with these fitness companies I worked with, and by the way, after many years of working with many fitness companies, I'm finally out to a large degree and so problematic, so problematic, the messaging. And, and I was yelling from the rooftops, everything I've been saying to you, uh, but very, well, almost no fitness companies. Listen, they just keep doing the same thing. And that's a huge problem. And many are not fitness people at all. And that's a huge problem. <laughs> and I could really go on for a long time. Uh, I'll save that for another day. But the why, why you're doing something and the why is going to change over time. The why of not dying is not powerful enough for the vast majority of people, which is why you start with autonomy and mastery. Then the whys start to come. And one of the whys is, oh my gosh, it feels good. When I find something that I'm being autonomous at, when I find something that I'm getting better at, when I find something I enjoy, then the suffering is not suffering. You're getting up at 5 a.m. because you want to. Not always, but, <laughs> and it may be 5 p.m. And then the whys for me, I was going really fast for a while and then I had kids. And suddenly I said, it's not about me anymore. I continued to race, not half as frequently, but I wasn't putting in the hours because my goals were different now. I wanted to stay healthy. I wanted to have goals. It was part of what I did for work, but I'm not going out for a, Five-hour bike ride in the middle of the day because I have kids and I have a wife. And I would argue, going to be really you know, bluntly honest with you all the time, there's a lot of these fitness people out there who say, you know, it's not about what I do as far as, you know, the whatever it may be in the exercise world, but it's about me as a father and a, and a husband. And yeah, oftentimes it's not. They're still going out and putting themselves first going to be honest with you people. Okay. But the whys change and that's a great thing. And your whys are going to pile up and make it that much easier. And that is one of the biggest takeaways you're going to get from me over and over and over again is that this gets easier when you do it right. But not, that's not what the message, that's not the message you're getting from those suffering videos. They're not saying, oh, it gets easier. They're saying, no, you got to continue to suffer doing something you don't enjoy because that's the way to do it. Mm -mm. It gets easier and easier and easier because your whys get more and more. One of my whys is to be a role model for my kids. One of my whys is to live a really long life so I can enjoy my kids. There's so many whys. And those are your things, okay? The purpose. My drums, I just love doing it. 
But I, one of my new whys, though, is I truly believe cognitively. You know, they talk about doing puzzles, reading, all that stuff. Talk about that in different podcasts as well. But cognitively, I really believe reading music, playing music, really good for the brain. So that's a why. But I enjoy it first and foremost. So that's another thing is you're going to find whys. And you're going to go, oh, and it makes it easier and easier to be consistent. Oh, I'm starting to get worked up. All right. That's it. This is really important. These messages are the ones I'm going to bring you. And I would argue very few, if anyone else, are bringing them to you this way. Because it's all about patting yourself on the back, making it sound you know, making the complex simple and simple complex, but making the simple complex. I could do that. I could use all the big words. I could talk about all the latest, greatest hacks and fads and garbage. It's garbage. It's not all garbage, but <laughs> you need to do the basics first. Then those things can make a little bit of difference when you add them all up and you do those consistently, but I don't want to talk about those. I love suffering because it's my chosen suffering. We've all suffered. You all have a story. And as I like to say, and I think this is pretty darn insightful and true, the person at the front of a race and the person at the very last, uh, the last person in a race, they both suffered just as much in their own way. All right? Life is not about suffering. And don't, like, I'll talk more about discipline. I talk about consistency on just about every podcast. But it's this disingenuous, I'm tougher than you attitude that these people take in the fitness world. It's not true. Why do you think everyone's doing different things? Because they're finding things they like to do and then being consistent at it. And they're finding autonomy, mastery, and purpose in it. All right? The workouts help with the suffering. The workouts, the exercise, the eating, the control, and the feel, that helps with all of our suffering. When you find the exercise that feels good, the foods that energize you in a, in a natural, healthy, good way, they help ease the suffering. We control. <laughs> this is our controlled suffering. But suffering is not the right word. Not for what we're doing. It's to silence those demons because we control it. And I truly believe after years of doing things like running up Haleakala and amazing events, I chose to do it. No one made me do it. And I loved it. And the harder the race, often my slowest race, not often, they're my most memorable. Why? You know, my, my winning that small marathon was an incredible feeling, but in a totally different way than the lessons and the suffering and how the hard races truly changed me for the better. But I chose that suffering and I enjoyed it because I go back and do it again, <laughs> right? Ah, oh, okay. I'll leave you with this. I always say that and then leave you with like 10 more things. It's like the saying goes, when you find work you love, what do they say? You won't work a day in your life. Well, 
I'll put it this way. When you find exercise you like, you won't exercise a day in your life. I don't exercise. I ride my bike. I go for a walk. I go lift weights. I'm not exercising. I don't use that term. It's the same thing. Find exercise you like and you won't exercise a day in your life. Enough. Tom H. Fit, Instagram and Twitter. Reach out. Love to hear from you. All right, we got to blow this show up. Great people coming. Great, uh, you know, well, yeah, in, uh, interviews and, and some products and things. Really excited um, to bring all this stuff to you. My bias is helping us live our best lives as long as possible and just as awesome as possible. Adding years to our lives and life to our years. All right, and a huge part of that is the psychological. And that's it. <laughs> uh, please subscribe, follow, comment, rate, whatever you can do to support the show. Greatly appreciated. My website, fitnessdisrupted.com or teamholland.com. My email, let me throw it out there, th at teamholland.com. If you want to reach out and, again, I love hearing from you, please do so. Uh, what else? That's it. Enough. Have an awesome day. And remember, there's three things we all control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind. And that is awesome. I am Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, certified sports nutritionist, and just lover of everything fitness. Believe in yourself. Here is Jack Wilane from my radio show many years ago. I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you.